Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. This is Erica Slater, and today I am joined by Amy Gunn and Liz Lenevy. And welcome to season seven of Heels in the Courtroom. Before we started recording today, we all kind of looked around like, what? Season seven? Crazy. So we have quite a body of content, which is really my online journal, I think, (laughs) of my career. Therapy sessions, documented. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I feel... Like sometimes I could go back to this and I listen to them and I'm a little cringy and then I'm like, okay, well, that's there for posterity. <laughs> oh, that's never going to go away. Can't wait until my kid <laughs> listens to that one when she's 15 and hates me and then knows I'm a dork. So here we launch right into season seven, keeping bearing our little legal souls in this room. So thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to talk about leadership and the qualities that make a good leader prompted by a interesting experience that someone very close to me just had. So she was talking with a superior at her work, large corporate environment, and they were talking about kind of her advancement in the company and kind of evaluating, you know, other people's paths in the company, how they had gotten there. And this supervisor said to her, you know, if you look at our leadership, meaning the executive committee, you know, there's qualities that kind of run through these people. And I can only imagine that she was like excited to hear like, oh, man, you know, like, what kind of qualities make just the top leadership of our company? Unfortunately, the answer was quiet masculinity. No. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Which I don't know what the heck that is because I don't know a lot of quiet, quiet masculine right. leaders. <laughs> but, and then it was followed up by, yeah, even the women have that quality. And I was like, hmm. There is just so much tied up in that that I, after I picked my jaw up off the floor and wondered if I was in the 1930s, I tried to to figure out what that meant. (laughs) And, you know, I was trying to break down what he was talking about. And I can't do it. <laughs> so, so I'm here to air it out. Yeah. So I'm here to submit this to the group. And, you know, it's unfortunate that the conversation was presented in that way. I know that the follow-up was, and we're trying to change that. But I'm sorry. If someone tells me that the leaders of a large corporate environment all share the qualities of quiet masculinity, and I'm a woman— in the middle of my career, I sure as heck am not getting the signal that that's my table. No. I and- mean, even <laughs> even if someone's going to describe me as someone who shares whatever quality they were trying to describe, like, couching it in that term, like, what a way to push someone out. So let's take it one word at a time. Please. <laughs> Quiet. Mm-hmm. Okay. As opposed to? Loud. Loud. Okay masculinity as opposed to femininity so quiet masculinity versus loud femininity oh okay (laughs) so i'm just working this in my head talking out loud and liz has already written it down probably 10 minutes ago so okay (laughs) she always has her finger on the on the pulse i'm sorry to steal that from you because no you're right i mean when you said quiet masculinity i wrote that down and then 
I'm sitting here thinking, what the hell does that mean? So I'm playing the same word association game yeah. that you are, Amy, of, well, I guess I'll do the opposite, which is loud femininity. So maybe like women with a podcast. I can't think of any women much louder. <laughs> Better put down that microphone, girl. Uh, well, nobody's asking us to be in the C-suite anywhere. <laughs> All I hear from that is you better not be a noisy bitch. Yeah. That's yeah. What, like what? as long as you're not. As long as you're not. Then it you're sounds gonna be fine like here. you go with the company status quo and you don't exhibit characteristics that we would find unattractive mm -hmm. in a woman. Don't be too girly. Don't you do it. It reminds me of, and I may mess this up, but the phrase, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. And that strikes me, for some reason I wrote that down when I heard you first say quiet masculinity, because I think what that really connotes is they want someone who is strong and confident, but not a bully jerk. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I, I agree, agree that somebody in leadership should be strong and confident and not bullying people, pushing people around, not leading by fear or that kind of thing. But there are so many other phrases other than masculinity, because, right? I mean, masculinity, look, there's nothing wrong with masculinity, just like there's nothing wrong with femininity. But when you couch it in terms of this is what we're looking for, we want somebody who's masculine, but a little quiet about it. Well, then you want someone who's confident and kind. So why do you even have to mention gender? Right, right. Why are we talking about gender all the time? Well, and then to follow it up with even the women, at that level, right? share that quality. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? Maybe they're just confident women who understand. But you can't be loud and confident. Well, and like, what does quiet mean? Like you pick your battles? Like, what does that mean? Like you don't rustle It feathers? means you have stature. It means I'm picturing quietly masculine. And I'm seeing some gravitas and gray hair and right. <laughs> a three-piece suit. And I don't need to bicker with you because I make the decision. I have earned your respect <laughs> and I don't need to argue with you. And look, that could very well be a great leader, someone who has earned your respect. It doesn't have to be a male. Right, right. Well, and I, it makes me think about a couple seasons back, we recorded the aggressive versus assertive episode. And we were talking about how, like, you know, when a woman is too loud or assertive, like all of a sudden she's called a bitch. But when a man is very assertive and blah, 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 all of a sudden it looks like confidence or yeah, you're competence. Just a man. Yeah, cool. So it's just, I hope that the way that that is spoken about in this company isn't that person repeating something. I hope it's just a here. That sounds like an excuse for this person. But you know what I mean? Like, I hope that they came up with that on their own because like what glass ceiling are you not seeing because it's described as the qualities you need to have are quiet masculinity. And as a woman, how the heck do you interpret that? And how the heck are you supposed to exemplify those right, things? I'm not a man. <laughs> I'm also and not I quiet. have a voice, so am very, I excluded from yeah, this? Yeah, and that's the thing too, like quiet versus loud, like what does that mean? If you're a competent person who is somewhat, I mean, I have to think that a dyed-in-the-wool corporation who could probably really use a new way to do things or 
really good innovators at the top or people who question why we're doing something the way we've been doing it for the past 20 years, those kinds of people are just as important as the people who like keep the cogs running. Right. And that you know? goes to the loud part. Right. That goes to why am I being quiet? Now, if this person really meant them not to be extracted from each other, quiet versus loud, masculine versus feminine, like you said, I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt, a quiet masculinity. I do think if I'm trying to be objective, if someone said, what does quiet masculinity mean to you? And if I were able to get past my, why the F are you asking me this? Because it <laughs> sounds like a loaded question. Then I think what I would say again was, to me, I think that means kind confidence, looking for respect, earning respect, treating people with grace, and really being strong in that way, but not overbearing. I'm trying hard. Am I buying it? <laughs> no, I'm laughing so hard because the first thought that popped into my elder millennial head was, you mean an antisocial 28-year-old who lives in his basement? His parents' basement? <laughs> Sounds like quiet masculinity to me. Like That's why I think I was so confused because it didn't carry enough context for me to understand what the heck we were talking about. I am not willing to give this person the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, I take I, it back. I'm really worried about the insidious nature of that phrase mm -hmm. because if you're saying, okay, let's let's break it down. Quiet masculinity, masculinity being good, right? meaning being like a man is good. So then the opposite of that, as we sort of were doing our word association, is that femininity or being like a woman is bad. So then how, even if it's implicit bias, right? Absolutely. And so how is this person who is making executive decisions, who could make or break someone's future career, are you automatically looking at two potential candidates, one is a man and one is a woman, and automatically, inherently, implicitly giving the man the benefit of the doubt because on the outside he looks masculine, and so you assume on the inside he's masculine. Yeah, he's got a check already. Exactly. Check yeah. masculine. Yeah. He's, he's already starting a couple feet ahead of the start line from where I am. And so not only am I fighting what I look like on the outside, now I have to worry about, well, what are my internal qualities that I have that are going to be perceived as weakness as loud. opposed to strength? Yeah. And I'm not even getting into the quiet or loud part. I'm just focusing on the, you know, strength versus weakness. Am I going to be viewed as inherently weak? Or if I show kindness, what is a feminine quality? Nurturing, compassion. So I think All about- those awful traits. Terrible <laughs> for leaders of companies. Like, I think about, you know, how I am a leader within this firm. And I think that mostly relates to my relationship with younger lawyers and then law clerks. And I approach my interactions with them with compassion, or at least I try really hard with compassion and understanding because that's just inherently who I am as a person. I want to treat people the way that I have been treated or the way that I want to be treated. Is that a weakness? I certainly hope not. No, it is not. And so that's what's concerning to me is that just who I am as a person, it has, I, I don't think I'm kind and compassionate because I'm a woman. I think it's just because that's how I've been raised. And, and I can say that I have had male bosses and leaders and mentors who are also kind and compassionate. 
I've on the other side have had women who are not those things. Right. This is not a gendered present, present company, present excluded. company excluded, obviously. <laughs> but that's not a bad thing, and it's also not a gendered thing. It's a who you are as a person thing. But if you've got someone up at the top, the executive making these decisions based on outward appearances and based on outdated stereotypes, I'd be really concerned if I was a woman, especially if I was what I think is a maybe more feminine woman. Well, and I want to talk to the women who are in those executive positions who are identified as quietly masculine and see what the heck they have to say about that. Like, what? I got to tell you, I'm sitting here getting mad. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) I mean, the more I think about it, Liz, you got me fired up. (laughs) Good. That's my loud femininity coming through. Yes, it is. It's effective. Very effective. Well, and that's the thing, too. So if we take this back to relating it to our own situation of women in litigation, which, I mean, you know, we've said it a hundred times. As much as law school might be 50-50 or whatever, litigation, we are still a minority, especially the longer you get into your career. We did an entire conversation in Arizona about that specific topic. And, you know, when I think about just how I move through the world, how I move through the day and my interactions with other lawyers, whether women or men or whatever, like, I'm sorry, I don't like put myself into a category of this is me being feminine or this is me being masculine. Like there are parts of, you know, living in the boys club sometimes that are awful. There's also some parts that are awesome and I need both of them. You know, you can talk to a certain type of guy or a certain type of woman in a way that you couldn't talk to someone who has a different personality. And that's not feminine or masculine. I don't move through the world that way. So what does that mean? Like, I move through the world as a woman. Right. But when I you know, have certain qualities or I fight in a certain way or I compete in a certain way or I address a certain situation, is that all of a sudden me being masculine or is it still I'm a woman doing whatever the heck I'm going to do at that moment and it's neither. It's just or is it gender just you being Erica. Yeah. And is that okay? Of course it is. Yes. And thank God for that and the freedom to be somewhere where I am not put in a place of, oh, you need to act more feminine well, to, or you need to do to this. To advance. Exactly. Because the whole point of that conversation was the C-suite mm-hmm. has quiet masculinity. Yes. Now, the cheap seats, we don't care that much. But if sure. you want to make it to the C-suite, you got to have quiet masculinity. And that's highly disturbing. And I'm still kind of fixated on the loud part because I'm thinking about how we go about our practices. And I'm thinking about how I try hard every day to tamp down any emotion I have. Frustration, anger, even glee. You know, I had a call this week where I got a case settled and I was so excited. It's a long haul in this case. It's going to make a difference in this child's life. And I had to be like, okay, great. Thanks. And that took a lot of effort. So I think back about my everyday professional life, which bleeds into my personal life. We've talked about that and how I try so hard not to be loud about anything. I want to be heard. 
I want to be clear, but I never want to be loud. I don't know that I've ever really digested that. Why is that? And it probably stems from this kind of thing that is pervasive, implicit out there and rooted in the idea that loudness is bad for women. Mm -hmm. Loudness is bad for women because you're hysterical. And so, God, I don't, I mean, I'm a little um, taken aback by that. I don't want to say epiphany. It's not quite, well, maybe it is. Because I think I've trained myself. This is the practice of law. I've trained myself for years to be stone-faced, even-keeled, very much go with the flow. And that's not who I am, really, all the time. (laughs) I mean, you should hear me yell at the TV at home. I mean, I (laughs) have it in me. But why don't I want that to be my public persona? Because I will be judged for it. But hold on. Let me give you a little grace. Because at the same time, so the loud versus quiet part of this is not nearly as charged as the masculine versus femininity. but they do go hand in hand. Well, sure. But I mean, as far as like talking about them and like if we're thinking about a quote unquote loud person in an organization being a unattractive thing, we don't want it, you know, that's not going to help you advance through an organization or a company or whatever. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It may be a strategic thing. Yeah. So like if you need to that be heard. That does make me feel a little better. But like, so think about it. So I mean, I've watched you practice law and do your thing for over 12 years. So when I think about watching you do this profession, I see you spend your political capital and make a stink about something when it matters. So if that translates into not being loud and not being like the person who, you know, cries wolf all the time, I agree that's a positive thing. So whatever that means, we can kind of think about how the squeaky wheel might not be desirable, but there's 110 examples of when the squeaky wheel (laughs) gets the grease. So I don't know where to go with this. So I may not even be in the ballpark with what I'm about to say, but I'm hyper fixated still on masculine versus feminine. (laughs) But now I'm thinking about loud and quiet. Okay, good. And I'm thinking specifically, you know, we're talking about emotion. When we talk about loudness or quietness, we're talking about emotion, really, about how do you express your emotions? Because quiet people still have emotions. But like you said, Amy, they tamp it down. You have to tamp it down. You have to decide to use your phrase. Yes, it's strategic to use your phrase, Erica, political capital. And I'm thinking now about this video that I watched a couple weeks ago. It was one of those, uh, you know, interview people on the streets kind of thing, which I don't like. Don't be sticking cameras in people's faces. I'm but, sorry. I'm highly but entertained I, by that. I was watching the video. <laughs> highly entertained And it was that. a woman. It was a woman going to men on the street and saying, who is more emotional, men or women? And 10 men in a row all go, well, women. Women are more emotional. Women are more emotional. And then she goes, OK, great. Follow up question. Can you give me one name of a woman who uh, is a mass shooter? And you can see all the men's faces drop because the problem is we so often do not think about anger as an emotion, Uh, anger being loud, things like that. Mm -hmm. Why? Because anger is a masculine quality. 
So this loudness, quietness. And no one's telling them to rein it in. Exactly. Right. So Liz, this loudness, my mind. quietness debate is, are you actually being quiet? Or, or do we just assume quietness is masculine? It's a masculine trait. This also makes me think about the study about who says more words every day, men or women. Who talks more? Everybody guesses women. No. Men on average, say more words than women every day. Men talk more, but we perceive women as talking more, as being more talkative. We're too chatty. We have too much to say. So even though women are technically, statistically- Minding our own business. Minding our own business. We're quieter than men, statistically. Chattiness, talkiness, loudness is automatically a female quality. Mm -hmm. Here's the only thing I've learned recently about this whole idea. Did you guys watch This Changes Everything? No. Okay, so that's your homework. It's on Netflix, I think. It's a documentary about basically the women in Hollywood and, you know, what came out of the Me Too movement and all the moments over the past, you know, 50, 60 years where the thought was, oh, finally, this will change everything. And nothing has changed. Oh. But the best part of it is Gina Davis used her resources for the best good. She is just awesome. So she funded an entire research institute just to analyze and give us data about things like the amount of women speaking in children's films versus male roles speaking and the amount of female leads in children's films as opposed to male leads and every other 5 million data points that are out there that go into the messages that we're sending young girls and everything else. And the reason she did this is because, you know, we've been saying it, but nobody has the data. And so she started this project and it started small, but then like it just grew and grew. And now they have analytics and, you know, like it's just amazing. So that part of it was just such a lesson in if you're going to make change in one of these areas, it's one thing to sit here and talk about like the implicitness, the impression that we all get, but it's quite another to face someone with the actual data right. of, you know, this is what we're perceiving. Just even, that's what made me think of it, Liz, even you saying like, there's this perception that women talk more than men and they don't shut up and blah, blah, blah. But data shows. And I think that that is so powerful. And I know there's a big push to get more with the ABA and research in the women's in the profession projects. But, you know, that data strengthens what we all know. And we can use that data to take it to a superior and say, you know, that quiet masculinity you spoke about. Yes. Actually, turns out women are very quiet at work. So it's probably feminine confidence <laughs> <laughs> that you're really looking for. Yeah. That you're really looking for. <laughs> well, thanks for everyone for joining us on another episode of Heels in the Courtroom as we navigated whatever that meant. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, when you use phrases like quiet masculinity, have a good idea of what the heck that means or maybe the impact it might have on the listener. Thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or suggestions for us, email us at heelsinthecourtroom.law. New episodes drop on Wednesdays and we look forward to next week. Bye. Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan would love to hear from you. 
Send your thoughts to comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law and subscribe today. 